0: Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy
1: Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best.
2: Hi, this is Jill Phillips, and you're listening to Your Best with Kathy
1: Weckworth. Today's topic is Making Connections with the Past – Well, friends, it's been a crazy busy summer for me so far. How about you? I've enjoyed a little time away from the studio and was able to feed my soul and rest with some good friends, family, and projects I've been putting off for quite some time. One of the most exciting things for me was being able to write a book about Farmer Dean and I and how we purchased the 1900 Frank Lake Covenant Church and moved it out to our grove. It was quite an undertaking, but it had been four long years of research— stacking books and papers and memorabilia and photos on a table in my basement office. And every day I walked by, I felt a heavy guilt settle in around me. You know, the kind I mean, like when you're running through puddles of rain and your tennis shoes suddenly become soaked, you feel completely drenched and soggy. Well, that's exactly how I felt all all the time, just continually. Each and every opportunity I had, though, I continued to find out more tidbits about the past in regards to our sweet little church. People showed up, and they especially come in the summer months, to the church, and they tell us stories about how their grandparents that have passed on left pictures or talked about their time at the church. Well, I did it. Can you believe it? With God's great help and a gentle push from my inner, pushy, bossy, self-starter self, I sat down and faced the mound, and I got it done, and I finished the book. It's in its final phase now. It's at the printers, and we're just getting it ready to print it. It should be out in the next couple of weeks. As I wrote, I tracked the emotions, the anxiety, and the credible faith that we gather from friends and family as we moved the building to our grove. Meanwhile, a couple weeks ago, Dean and I celebrated our fifth annual pie social hymn sing at the little church. As people drove up and parked in the parking lot, we like for the experience of that evening to make you feel like you walked right back into time. So we set our tables up with red gingham checked tablecloths and we had um, sunflowers on the tables. It was really great. We had pink lemonade and iced tea. And there were people listening to our Glenn Miller and wonderful old music, Nat King Cole, Frank Sinatra. We just like to go back in time with people. And so as people sit and enjoy the lovely weather in the old beautiful church in the Grove, then we walk in and we spend about a half an hour singing old hymns. And this is my favorite part of the evening. When I'm sitting up front and I can hear those beautiful voices and they're singing together in harmonies, it's so lovely to be able to experience the beautiful old hymns. Now, here's the thing that I know being an old worship director Hymns transcend time. They transcend language because people from all kinds of denominations show up to our event and everybody knows those old hymns. They probably don't know the latest Chris Tomlin worship song. They probably don't know the latest Hillsong number, but they know how great thou art, great is thy faithfulness, what a friend we have in Jesus, the old hymns. And here's the wonderful part. About those songs, as they're written, they're from the late 1700s, 1800s, 1900s. And we see that as we sing them, the words are so meaningful. Sometimes people complain because they say, you know what? The words don't make sense. Yes, they do. Just sit down and read them like a poem. They make beautiful sense. And so we embrace that time together and then we eat all kinds of pie. It's really a fun, fun evening. But why am I telling you this? Because for so many years now, so many of my friends, they boo hymns. They say, no, we're not going to sing them in our church. Song leaders say, no, we're going to have the latest and greatest. I'm telling you, the hymns are what connects generations. The hymns are what connects denominations. And the hymns are still so meaningful. And that's what we're going to enjoy today, because we've got an interview coming up with one of the great worship artists, Jill, Who's going to talk a little bit about hymns and gospel music, and then we're just going to hear from a few of my close friends who are going to talk about what they love in regards to hymns. Here's Best Life staffer Dr. Mary schultz mishner Choosing my favorite hymn is really hard, but I guess I would have
2: to say it's the old rugged cross for the simple reason that it was my dad's favorite. He's been gone
1: for 17 years, and I still miss him dearly. Well, joining me in the studio today is the very talented and incredibly beautiful Nashville-based singer and songwriter Jill Phillips. Jill has released 10 albums and is a wife and mother to three children. She got her start in the music industry when Grammy-winning songwriter-producer Wayne Kirkpatrick produced Jill's self-titled debut album. Wayne also produced albums for Amy Grant, Garth Brooks, and Susan Ashton. As a former worship director, I utilize many of Jill's songs within our worship services, so I feel so blessed, so incredibly overwhelmed today to have her on the show. Welcome, Jill. Kathy, thank you so much. So, Jill, your latest project, which I'm so excited about, is called Lead Me Home, and it's described as an album of gospel songs and hymns that draw from your southern roots and faith heritage. Tell us about uh, what the prompting was for this to create this kind of style of music?
2: Sure. Um, Yeah, as you know, I'm I'm a singer-songwriter, so I mostly do my own music or songs that I've written with my husband. And it was coming up on time to do a new album. It's been a couple of years since uh, Mortar and Stone came out, and so I I was just noticing that what I was listening to in my car and in my house were gospel songs. Um, I was noticing they were just moving me, they were speaking to me, and... Sort of in a season of unrest and and some loss, I lost my some beloved members of, of my family mm. in that time, and so I just I found that my heart was just drawn to them, and since I put out my records now independently, um, I I kind of just get to do what I want oh, I love that <laughs> and what you. I like and what moves me, and I, I just told my husband I was like I think I want to do an album of sort of the hymns and gospel songs that remind me of my childhood Okay. and I'm sure in some way it was to be connected to my family.
1: So I read that you wanted to create this album by choosing songs that had a strong background and that you dug into who wrote the songs and why they mm. wrote them and I think that's so neat. So tell us why was that important to you?
2: Well, I think it probably comes from, you know, being a singer-songwriter. I know the stories behind the songs. I know why I'm singing them. I have context. It's really important to me as a singer to not not just to sing them well, but to just really know about what I'm singing, to be able to interpret it properly and to feel it and um, experience it as I'm singing. And so I really wanted to know why the songs were written. I wanted to know who wrote them. Um, I wanted to know the background. I wanted to know... Um, just the stories. And I was really amazed to find that the songs that struck me, you know, just on initial listen, or initial thought, ended up having these really amazing, deep, profound stories. Mm. And, um, and that's, you know, that that helped me go, yeah, that that is what I want to sing about.
1: And don't you think as a An artist that when you're singing, I know for me, you know, just working in church land, when you're singing Mm -hmm. for an audience, a congregation, or for you, you know, music lovers, it's so important if you have the pieces of the puzzle of why it was written, it just makes you be able to express it at a deeper level. Don't you think you connect better so that you can deliver it in a better fashion?
2: I really do. And, you know, I'm all for people... um, you know, the Holy Spirit using, um, just sort of moving in people's hearts however they want with my music. You know, however I wrote it, I understand that people are going to receive it in different ways or it's going to mean something different to them. But I just really wanted to, um, I just wanted the background. I wanted the background. I wanted to know why they were written and why these songs lasted so long, why Mm -hmm. they've been around. And so many of them were written in, in, with incredible faith, but in great suffering. Mm. And I just kind of found that across the board. Um, it, it was really, really beautiful.
1: So Jill, you turned to Kickstarter to raise the funds, which is really you know, the new up-and-coming way to do things. And to be able to create it and produce it, I love that this is how you went to your fan base, the people that love you. Many artists are using this platform today for their indie records were you at all nervous moving forward to raise the funds for the project or did you feel content and confident? Cause you knew, you know, you have a fan base and, mm-hmm. and family and friends and, you know, you're sure. in Nashville. What, how did that work?
2: Well, I had done it before. I had done it with one time before with a record called, um, in this hour, several albums ago and, um, mortar and stone. I did not, we, I did that myself, but, um, and with, with a friend, but, um, so I knew how well Kickstarter had worked. I definitely would say the first time I did it, I, w- I was very nervous. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. So I usually just set the bar kind of low, um, and just hoped that I would get it. Because if you don't get the amount, you know, you don't get you don't get the full amount. You don't get anything. Right, right. And what I found was that people were um, they were just amazingly supportive and generous. And a lot of people like to feel like they're in on the project from oh, you know the, sort of its inception yeah. and that they're um, helping fund it and they get videos and updates as part of the process. And I think it just really helps. Um, I don't know. It uh, People would say to me, this is a gift to me. And I would think, no, this is a gift to me. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I would say, no, it's a gift to me. And I would go, no, really, it's a gift to me. Um, so I was just amazed. I'm really amazed by people's generosity in wanting to support artists. Sure, You know, the church used to do that. They used mm-hmm. to be patrons of the arts, and um, we've kind of gotten away from that and many times. And I think people have just reminded me that they're glad to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I feel incredibly grateful.
1: I think it really builds community. You know, you, you feel a part yes. of the person's project and you know, you feel like you're being blessed by their music, but you also know that in a small way you're helping to bless other people, you know? And I think that's so important, but I love it because it does build a strong community out of all of your past 10 projects. How do you feel that this one is different and what did you and your husband Andy do to make the songs fresh and in the Jill Phillips style that we love?
2: Well, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I I think that the theme that will always be through my music is sort of um, organic, acoustic guitar and piano-based sort of production. Um, so I knew we would start there. But I think what was different about this project, um, first of all, I recorded it at a different place. I recorded it at our our friend Gabe Scott's house. Um, he's a he, he travels on a Christmas tour with us. He's produced. Gosh, um, David Crowder, he's produced a lot of different albums, but, um, I wanted to do it at a different studio just to be in a different space mentally, um, which really helped. And I wanted to work with Gabe, which we had never done. So Andy and Gabe produced it together just to have a different set of ears, a different set of ideas. Sure. It's always good to bring in somebody fresh when mm-hmm. you've done that much recording. Right. And then the other thing I would say we did differently is I just said, um, I want to work with a very limited sort of sonic palette, because the songs were really simple. I wanted them to be vocally driven. I wanted the the singing to be the center, as it sort of is with gospel music, mm-hmm. and for the instruments to be really simple. So we didn't—and and Andy and Gabe played everything themselves. Um, wow. They did all the— you know, the instrumentation, we didn't have electric guitars or sort of the big band tracking that we usually have. Mm-hmm. So that that felt really different.
1: You know, I think just being somebody that listens to your music, it is different. I thought, OK, this is going to be interesting because I saw on Facebook, you know, when you were looking for the new covers and the pictures, you know, for the cover and just I've been yeah. watching as you've been, you know, talking through it. And I thought, OK, this will be challenging because several artists out there have been taking hymns not like you did with gospel because that was the fun addition was your choice of songs and i thought how are you how are you going to make this new and of course people that love jill phillips are going to love anything you sing whether it's twinkle twinkle or you know jesus loves me but in this instance i loved it every song was totally exactly what you said vocal driven interesting um With your own flavor Well if you're just tuning in You're listening to You're welcome If you're just tuning in You're listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth And we have the beautiful And talented Nashville artist Jill Phillips with us On the show today And right now We're going to listen To one of her songs From this latest project Her project's called Lead Me Home The song is entitled Precious Lord Take My Hand You're going to love The harmonies on this We'll be right back With more of this interview With Jill
0: Precious Lord Take my hand, lead me on Let me stand, I'm tired I'm weak, I'm alone Through the storm, through the night Lead me on to the light Take my hand, precious Lord my way Guide my feet, hold my hand, take my hand, precious Lord.
1: So we're back with the amazing Jill Phillips, and Jill has a brand new CD out called Lead Me Home. Jill, there are 10 hymns or gospel songs on this album, and out of all of those, which song resonated most to your soul?
2: You know, I think, um, I thought at first it would be Greatest by Faithfulness, because that is one of my oldest and, and you know, just top hymns. And I sang it at my grandmother's funeral, the year before. And so I, I think I knew that one would be really special to me, but I was really surprised to find that the ones that were the most fun to sing were the two Thomas Dorsey hymns. Um, oh, yeah. He was an African-American pastor and he wrote, um, Precious Lord Take My Hand and Peace in the Valley. Mm. And a lot of country artists covered those as well, kind of that crossover between gospel and country that you would find was like Johnny Cash and Loretta Lynn. Right. So I had heard gospel versions, and I'd heard country versions of those songs. But when I sang them, I was just surprised at how much they moved me. They they were just beautiful moving songs to sing. And when I brought in my a couple of my friends to sing background vocals, one of them just started weeping mm. when she was singing Precious Lord Take My Hand. Um, the The words are just so powerful.
1: They are. They are. Um, looking back at all of the songs you've written and how God has used you to affect the lives of so many people, is there anything that you would have done differently on your musical journey?
2: No, I really don't think so. Um, and that doesn't mean that I I think it went perfectly or I always made the best choices, but I just really think, um, I guess I just believe that God has been leading me. (laughs) I I really do. And there are things that um, could have, I don't know, there there are things I said no to that um, people would say, why did you do that? Or, you know, when I walked away from a record deal earlier in my career, I mean, there's so many decisions that didn't make sense um, on paper, I guess, but they have just ended up being um, ways that, that God has refined me. And um, I guess the old-timey word has sanctified me. Sure. Um, and I, I just am really, really grateful for the journey I've been on. I feel really grateful to have a family and be able to do music. And I think, you know, one of the reasons I get to do that is because I'm sort of a middle-class musician. You know, I don't have to be on tour 300 days a year.
1: Exactly,
2: I get yeah. to do music and do what I love and be home with my kids some. And um, I, I just think that is... That is a, a huge gift.
1: Absolutely. So as this incredible artist that you are, how do you make time to write, perform, have your strong relationship with God, and be a good wife and mom? That's a, that's a really big job you've got going on. How are you doing it?
2: I, I mean, one day at a time.
1: Yes. One
2: day at a time is the answer. And, you know, something always has to give. And, and so for me, my priority is always my family, always, always, and so there have been times that my career has had to take second place to my family, and I, I have a lot of peace about that. I feel really fine about that. There have been tours I've had to say no to. There have been opportunities I've had to say no to because it would mean being gone for really long stretches from my kids or or that kind of thing, and so I've just kind of, um, you know, been able to, been blessed to have a career where I can um, work it around being home with my kids, and, you know, I'm always figuring it out, Kathy. I'm always going, oh, that was too much travel last month. I need to do less this month. Or, okay, I can do a few more next month. You know, we're just always figuring out that balance and talking to the kids. And, um, But, yeah, I mean, the answer really is that um, it is a a balancing act, and I can't be 100% totally gung-ho with my career because I'm it's a priority for me to be home with my family, so they. They, but I think I hope that it makes me a better songwriter and a better artist because I have actual life to
0: Experience.
1: write about. You do not absolutely. on the road all the time. Yeah. I'm
2: actually living and you are um, with friends, and so I hope that it feeds the music.
1: It does. It does absolutely. And and one question that I always wonder about when people are coming out with a new project: Do you feel ever? Um, Like a huge weight on your shoulders for how is this going to be accepted? How am I going to do? How is the album doing? Do you ever feel that, or do do you just release it, or what happens?
2: You know, what's funny is I really don't. (laughs) I think I did when I was with a record label. Yeah. Um, But because there's so much pressure in the system, you know, you're Mm -hmm. you're supporting a, a business and you're supporting. Your, what how your record does affects everybody else, and so it definitely felt a weight there. But the freedom of putting out my records on my own and having a loyal small fan base like I mm-hmm. have right. is I just you know I make the budgets accordingly. I don't spend you know a million dollars on my record. And I do what I want to do. I'm always true to um, what I want to say
1: mm-hmm.
2: and what I feel like I'm supposed to sing about. Yeah. And so when I release it, I just kind of feel like it's what it's supposed to be. And it, and I just have to answer to myself mm-hmm. and my family and to God. And that is that is very freeing. Sure. So I'm always grateful when people respond to it, but mm-hmm. I don't. Um, I I don't feel super attached to results.
1: Okay. Oh, that's so great because I think back. Um, I can imagine myself, I was back in the Twin Cities at a very large church and somebody brought in your C D and it's you sitting with really short hair then, remember, on a couch. Oh and yeah, I do. It's the I am, you know, I am song yes. that was just like boom, it was out there. And I just have to tell you this, that from that moment to even right now today, here's what I love about you. This is how I see God's wired you is that you are so real and so authentic how you write is how people that don't know how to write would want to write it's from your heart it's from you can tell it's from you know anointed from the holy spirit it's moving it's effective your voice is lovely and it just really is powerful and you've been that way from day one i love that you didn't morph into something different you've just been real and even when real wasn't as popular as it is now you've always been that way just authentic so thank you jill for being like that because that's why you have your loyal fan base and we love you.
2: Kathy, that is so kind. Thank you so much. It, it really is an honor to make music. I feel like it's my privilege and I'm i am I'm just really grateful that people still want to listen. I Absolutely. really am.
1: Absolutely. Well, you, you're fabulous. So to find out more listeners about Jill and her music, log on to jillphillips.com and this new project, Lead Me Home, has 10 beautiful hymns and gospel songs on it and it includes... Abide With Me, Peace in the Valley, I'd Rather Have Jesus, and even the old Louis Armstrong song, Nobody Knows the Trouble I've Seen. You're going to want to hear this. Um, You need to run directly right now. Download the album from iTunes or from Jill's website, and I did, and I love it. So, Jill, thanks so much for being on the show, and thanks for bringing your fabulous music into our lives and drawing us closer to God. Kathy, thank you for having me. Here's Pastor Tyler Bacher with his thoughts on his favorite hymn.
0: I think my favorite hymn is, And Can It Be? It's this perfect blend of emotion, but also theological richness that can be hard to find. You start the song contemplating just the nature of Jesus coming into our world, and by the end, you're filled with joy and maybe some tears with the realization of all that he's done for you.
1: Listeners, you might be someone who doesn't even know a single hymn. Perhaps you didn't grow up attending church and you can't relate to what we're talking about today with the value of old hymns and gospel songs, but I want to encourage you to take some time and listen to a few of them. So often in life, they are my go-to music because they seem to really understand how I'm feeling. No repetition, deep meanings, they're encouraging. Perhaps you're somebody who loves hymns. They've helped lift your spirits on dark days throughout the years. Or maybe you're someone today who's working hard at your church to eliminate them from your congregation's song set. Remember, they're the one thing that unites people from all generations and all denominations. The very thing that in church land has surpassed the test of time after all, many of those hymns are, as I said earlier, from the late 1700s, early 1800s. Next time you feel like you're all alone, bring out the words to the song that Jill sang today, Precious Lord, Take My Hand. I guarantee that you will not feel alone for very long. Here's Pastor Rachel Warner talking about one of her favorite hymns. My favorite hymn by far is Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And the reason I love it so much is Because of that line, tune my heart to sing your grace, and the idea that God fills our lives with blessings, and in response, our hearts become attuned to God's grace pouring out in us, through us, and all around us in the world. Well, friends, I can't let this episode go by without sharing my favorite hymns, and I have a couple of them. One is the song called Day by Day. If you remember the words day by day and with each passing moment, strength I find, To meet my trials here, trusting in my father's wise bestowment, I've no cause for worry or for fear. And I remember my daddy singing that so many times, sometimes as he was working in the basement, sometimes walking down the hall of our house. It was his favorite, and I was able to sing it at his funeral. The other favorite that I love is What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And it just makes my heart feel so happy to think about the fact that There are days when life is difficult. There are times when you feel like you need a friend and no human can quite fit the bill. Nobody can say the right thing, but we know and are confident that God has sent his son Jesus and that Jesus is our friend. So those two make me the most happy and those are the ones I think of. First and foremost, if I'm ever at a hymn sing, let me pray with you. Dear Jesus, you are a God who transcends time and space. Your spirit moves and works in the worship that we deliver, whether in a crowd or all by ourselves. Help us to value the old hymns and gospel songs that mean so much to so many. Help us to really, truly value the past, not forget it, but learn from it. Help us to continue to make connections with our past so that we can learn from what we've gone through. We ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you enjoy this podcast, subscribe to it on iTunes and please give us a favorable review so that other people can listen to the show and enjoy it as well. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best.